I saw it. I witnessed it last night at our Iron Man meeting. I mean, I could practically see the wheels start spinning around in my brother's minds. Uh, they practically had smoke coming out of their ears. It was spinning so fast. And I recognized those aha moments when thoughts came together for the first time. And I rejoice because I know that transformation happens at the renewing of our minds. And that is what is taking place. I witnessed the beginning of transformation. And that excites me. Going into the study on encountering the Spirit, I knew it would be the most important information that I have ever relayed. I know the implications of what is going to happen if we ever grasp onto this concept fully. So I'm excited to see the transformation process begin. And I can't hardly wait to see what's next because I know not just what is possible, but what is assured. I know the promises of God and I know what is going to happen when we grasp this information, when we are fully transformed by having a renewed mind. And I just can't wait, brothers. Welcome to Iron Supplements. This uh, podcast is born out of our ministry called Iron Men that meets every Monday night at 7 o'clock at Argyle Church of Christ in Jacksonville, Florida. And we are a group of men dedicated to living out Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And as I think about ways which I can help men sharpen themselves or be sharper in their relationship with God, this study keeps coming up as the most important study I've ever done. We are talking about encountering the Spirit. And we talked about how important for us it is to encounter the Spirit because this Spirit is the only connection that God has left to for us to have with Himself. In other words, the only way for us as fleshly carnal humans in a physical realm to connect to a totally pure, holy, and spiritual God, the only vehicle He left is His Holy Spirit. And so we must encounter the Spirit. And so little is ever given to us as Christians on how to accomplish that. Now, we talk about the importance of it, but we never really talked about the practicality of how to go about it. And so that's what this study has been all about. And we've talked about how, um, you know, we're filled with the Spirit, that God has promised that we'll be filled with the Spirit. But what we don't recognize, I think, is that we are filled to the, uh, to, with the Spirit to the extent that we allow ourselves to be filled with the Spirit. And so in order to be filled with the Spirit to the extent that God would like, 
we have to go about a process of preparing our heart to accept the Spirit. We have to make room, more room for the Spirit uh, and less room for our selfish nature. And that means that we're, we need to go through a process where we start to disengage from the physical, from this carnal world, and start to engage more with the spiritual. And so we've talked about how um, in uh, the best environment to do that uh, is often in times of solitude. We look at how Jesus would break away and go off to lonely places to encounter the Spirit, to connect with God, to recharge His batteries, to get ready to complete the mission that God had set for him. And that if Jesus himself, being God, needed those times where he disconnected from the physical world to connect to God more powerfully, then we need to do that as well. And so a very important place to go to is a time of solitude. And then in our last episode, we talked about this paradigm shift, this this new way of seeing things, that we see ourselves as being physical beings trying to encounter a spiritual reality, when in fact that is just the opposite, that our reality is that we are spiritual beings. Like our ultimate reality is that we will be spending eternity in our spiritual existence. And so we are spiritual beings trapped in a physical existence for a short time. And so uh, to encounter the spirit, we I think sometimes we, we look at things like going to prayer and going to Bible study in order to um, connect with the spirit and to understand God. And what we're starting to see, I hope, when I saw evidence of this last night, is that that's backwards. Like, we're already spiritual. And we connect with the Spirit in order to understand the Word, not the other way around. We connect with the Spirit in order to have a conversation with God, not the other way around. We are already spiritual beings. And so what we need to do is pierce the veil to our spiritual reality to see beyond this physical world. And then in this episode of Iron Supplements, we're going to talk about how do we start to disengage the the physical and start to engage the spiritual. Well, one discipline that the Bible talks about is something that we just have not done very often in our spiritual walk. And so the answer to what that is, is coming up right after this. Our scripture reading from Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, 
Tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It's also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. I think it's important to look at when in Jesus' life that this event takes place. See, this is right before the period that he begins his three-year ministry. And that's going to be a very intense three-year period. I mean, Jesus uh, is going to face a period where he is both adored and hated. Where he will be worshipped and persecuted. I mean, he's going to be overcome by crowds and overwhelmed by loneliness. I mean, he's going to have constant demands placed on his time and his energy. He's going to face an intense scrutiny where everything he says and everything he does is watched both by people who want to follow him and people who want to kill him. He is going to face temptations and struggles and heartache like no other human has ever faced. The stakes are high. The fate of the entire world rests on his ability to stay connected with God and to stay in the mindset of not my will, but yours be done. Eternity hangs on this three-year period. And so going into that, Jesus recognizes through the power of the Spirit that he needs an, an intense preparation. And that's what he faces. The Spirit leads him into an intense preparation for the upcoming three-year ministry that will culminate in his own death on a cross. And so... The Spirit leads Jesus to the wilderness to be tempted. And Jesus spends 40 days without eating. 
brothers, it's time that we shed our kind of childhood Sunday school understanding of this passage. To me, this, this scripture has always been taught just totally backwards. We teach that Jesus was led to this barren place out in the desert uh, and that uh, his flesh is weakened after 40 days of not eating and he is vulnerable and uh, it's only after he has been taken to this barren place and weakened in the flesh by not having eaten that Satan finally shows up and tempts Jesus. And Satan presents three challenges which are supposed to represent all of the challenges that that humans face. Uh, And Jesus was victorious by shooting off the spiritual bullet points uh, from the Bible. And Having been so successful in fending off Satan, Satan flees from him, and uh, Jesus is attended by angels and uh, taken care of. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That is, it's almost cartoonish the way that we teach this. And it's exactly the opposite of what is reality. See, Jesus is teaching us something here. First of all, we get a a hint, right, that, that that is backwards because Jesus is led by the Spirit to the wilderness to be tempted. And, other, and so my thinking is that the Spirit would never lead Jesus to a place of ultimate vulnerability, but to a place where he could face his ultimate strength. In other words, this environment that Satan and that the, the Spirit leads Jesus into in order to face Satan is not an environment where Satan has power, but where the Spirit can have power. This is the Spirit's home turf. And why is it the Spirit's home turf? Because it is void of all of the physical distractions. It is void of all of the things that Satan uses uh, uh, to weaken our flesh and have us rely upon fleshly things. And it is a place where Jesus can totally rely upon God for strength. This is God's home turf. We've already talked about how Jesus would often withdraw to lonely places away from distractions. Well, where is a more lonely place with fewer distractions than the wilderness? This is a place that is totally devoid of earthly things, right? The things that that our flesh would desire. And so there's nothing for Jesus to get distracted by. He can focus on his relationship with God. And we see this this these three temptations as the ultimate temptations that Jesus faced. That's baloney. This is proving ground for all the temptations that Jesus will face, that Jesus is going to face, because we know the nature of temptation. The Bible clearly says that Jesus was tempted in every way that we are and yet was without sin. And we know 
that with all that is riding upon Jesus being able to withstand temptation, that there will not be a moment in his life where Satan is not pressing upon him to try to destroy him, to try to get him to sin, that he is going to face temptation like no other human has faced temptation ever. Because the fate of all eternity rests on Jesus. Satan knows that, and Jesus knows that. Certainly, the Spirit knows that. And the Spirit would never lead Jesus to a moment where he is the most vulnerable. No, he leads him to a place where he is the, can be the most victorious, where he can prepare spiritually to face what he's going to have to face physically. And so this is the clue as to how we are to engage God, how we are to prepare for moments of temptation. And so we see Jesus isolated and we see Jesus fasting. We see Jesus not isolated as much as he is in solitude, right? He is alone with God. And he is being nourished. He's not going without nourishment. He is being nourished by God rather than being nourished in the flesh. And so this strengthens him. This is the preparation. He needs to be strengthened spiritually in order to face what he's going to face from Satan over the next three years of his life. And so he fasts a supernatural fast. For 40 days, he goes without food or water. That is only possible through the power of the Spirit. It is not possible in the flesh. And so Jesus totally denies his flesh for spiritual gain. And that is fasting. Now, the Old Testament, in the law, fasting is commanded. And all along, God wanted his people to see that we need to rely upon him for our nourishment. And we constantly forget that. We constantly forget the meaning of fasting. As a matter of fact, we don't even take fasting uh, seriously anymore. I hardly know anybody that fasts for, for any periods of time in their life. And yet, uh, it's so much expected uh, in the Old Testament that in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus doesn't say, if you fast. He says, when you fast, right? It's so expected that he says, when you fast. It, it was expected. Everybody fasted. They just fasted for the wrong reasons. They fasted for uh, uh, sacrament right? It was a, a box to be checked off. It was a spiritual discipline that they had to do. And they, they wanted to, to make sure everybody knew that they were doing it. And so they would disfigure their faces. They would look somber. And uh, so everybody would know that they were going through a period of fasting so that they could be self-righteous. And Jesus said, cut that out. No, fast, that's not what fasting is about. Fasting is about connecting with God. And so we see Jesus being uh, in a, a place of solitude, alone with God. We see Jesus fasting, right? We see him uh, 
giving up his fleshly desires in order to nourish this, the, the spiritual. And we see him taking on a new meal, which is the word of God. And that's why Jesus uses scripture to rebuff Satan, is he is feeding on the word of God. And so we see all of these spiritual disciplines. Prayer is always uh, uh, paired with fasting. In other words, the fasting and connecting with God in this way always involves a time where you are with God, where you are feeding on His Word, and you are connecting with Him through the Spirit and conversing with Him in prayer. That is the act of denying yourself in order to connect with Him. What I saw happening last night was the connection of these ideas of giving up the flesh in order to connect to the Spirit. And brothers, how can we expect to be spiritually mature? How can we expect to be uh, spiritual warriors? How can we expect to have the strength to resist Satan if we are not nourished by the Word of God and if we are not denying our flesh. And the practice of fasting is a way to connect to God spiritually. It's the way that we deny our uh, desire for physical nourishment and rely upon God for spiritual nourishment. And so I encourage you to start a regimen of fasting. And I would invite you to start with a one-day fast where you take time to uh, be alone with God, where you feed on His Word, where you connect with Him in prayer, and where you uh, feed yourself and connect with the Spirit. Uh, by denying your flesh. You can quickly move, uh, most people can quickly move into a three-day fast. I would encourage you to do that for for some kind of spiritual direction or or purpose or asking for wisdom. Have a purpose behind uh, what what you're doing in that three-day fast. And then most of all, brothers, uh, again, this is one of those things where it is uh, most Uh, powerfully enjoyed in fellowship. And so I'd invite you to connect with your brothers and, uh, and, and encourage one another as you join together in fasting, uh, especially as you join together in purpose towards uh, fasting and recognize that this is not becoming vulnerable so that Satan can take you out. It is actually just the opposite. This is a practice to strengthen you so that you can take Satan out. I'll see you next Monday uh, at Iron Man. And I can't wait to take on the next topic in uh, Encountering the Spirit.